What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Known More Desire podcast. I'm Jake Castleman, founder of Become a Good Man. Today, I want to talk to you guys about how to let go of shame and addiction and how living with more simplicity and presence in our lives can help us recover. Because I think uh, when we struggle with addiction, man, I, I mean, I know at least for me and for others that I've spoken to about their experience with addiction, this is really hard for us. Right? It's hard for us to live with more simplicity, uh, more presence. We're always stuck in the past or in the future, worrying about the future, regretting the past, questioning our self-worth, whether we're enough, whether we're doing enough, right? Maybe you can relate to this. And before I kind of dive in here and we get started, I want to uh, just mention uh, my wife and I had our first kid. Uh, a while back, and um, I haven't been on here and done a, a podcast episode, I think, in a while. So just for those of you who do listen regularly, uh, just know that my life has changed uh, quite a bit, and so I have not been spending time on this. Um, I hope to spend a little more time than I have, but we'll have to see how it goes. i got to put my family first and got to put uh, really put my day job first at this point and, and make sure that uh, I'm spending time with my, my new kid, my new son, and loving him and my wife as much as I can. So that's, that's number one. You know, we got to put our families first, put God first, and the rest, the rest follows. So, uh, you know, let's, so let's, let's dive in here. I want to talk about, again, shame and addiction and really how to stop comparing ourselves to others and how to live with more of this presence. So I often see perfectionism and addiction go hand in hand. In other words, the propensity to expect too much of ourselves and to feel very worried about our mistakes. You know, I, again, I know I'm that way and it drove me to addiction um, in my life for many years. Um, and I still struggle with some of these things, but now my life is a little better, um, especially being sober, it's better. Uh, but I am by no means uh, a perfect person. And I think that's kind of the point is something I have to continuously remind myself and something you can think about in your recovery. It's just remembering that you have weaknesses, remembering that, um, you know, it's okay to have flaws, not making excuse for those flaws, right? Not giving up and giving in, but saying, hey, I know that I'm an imperfect person. I know that I have a lot of flaws and insecurities and I'm going to show up and I'm going to, um, you know, let other people know that I'm human and be okay with that. I think that's really, really hard for us to be vulnerable, vulnerable about uh, when we struggle with addiction and not because of the addiction in particular. Granted, struggling with an addiction can make it harder because we feel more isolated. We feel more pain. But really, our lack of willingness to be vulnerable and show up in a positive way, in other words, be vulnerable in a positive way, in a positive way where we can let go and say, hey, I'm imperfect, that's cool, it's okay to make mistakes, everybody does, and we're going to all accept each other knowing that we're all imperfect and I'm not superior or inferior, right? We, we because of our upbringing, because of the way our brains work, we have built these habits of really hiding that away and not letting other people know that we're imperfect. We try to pretend uh, that we don't have the flaws that we do. 
we try to hide them or we um we we essentially you know overinflate those things in ways where we kind of make ourselves the victim that's a whole nother matter but needless to say none of this comes from a selfish place it comes from a place of pain it comes from a place of insecurities and we all struggle with those things so I want to talk about how these, these things, comparing ourselves to others, feeling that shame, drive addiction, and then ways that we can find more presence, peace, focus on the past and the future less. We're going to dive into all that in this episode. So hopefully that all makes sense. So let's first talk about how comparison drives shame and addiction. You know, I, I think... Um, for some of you listening to this episode, you may already kind of understand that there's a lot of comparison in today's day and age and culture. We have an internet-based culture. Um, iGen is what uh, the generation growing up since the late 90s and into the early 2000s has been called iGen, the internet generation, um, at least in some terms. And so we've really grown up uh, for many of us, unless we're a little older, but we've grown up with this comparison, or at least we're in it now, where everyone is connected. It used to be that we could only compare ourselves to those in our immediate community, to our neighbors, our friends, our family. Now we find ourselves comparing to literally everyone in the world. I mean, you can turn on the TV and see people do amazing things, or people going through miserable, horrible things. Or you can uh, watch a TV show or a movie where it's extremely exciting. These, seem, these people seem amazing or, you know, it, it's extremely uh, stimulating to, to see what's going on. We expect our lives to be like that, to be like the movies, to be like TV we go on social media and we expect our lives to be like the highlights that, that some people stick on social media as if that's their life. And hey, if it is, sweet. I don't live that life that um, has constant excitement. Do I wish I did sometimes? Yeah. But for the majority of us, the vast majority, life has a lot of mundanity. Life has um, a lot of, you know, kind of more just ordinary times. And the thing is, is when we can appreciate and be at peace with those ordinary times, we can appreciate ourselves and know that in being ordinary, an ordinary human being, we can find peace and joy in that. Um, and we can stop comparing in all of these ways. But that can be really hard, right? Again, we, we grew up with this. We're naturally prone towards it as human beings to compare ourselves to one another. And this comparison, how does it relate to addiction? Right, That's the question. How does it relate to addiction? Because our addiction, the behavior of addiction is really just a symptom. I constantly say that. It's, it's the addiction itself, whether you're addicted to porn or drugs, alcohol, sex, food, video games, uh, internet, browsing, social media, there you can be addicted to anything, okay? It, even things that seem positive, we can be addicted to. Just matter, uh, deter, it just depends on what our relationship 
is with those things. But whatever it is that we are addicted to, it's just a symptom because it's our mental and emotional state that is the real, the real challenge for us to face, the real obstacle for us to overcome or to find peace in our lives. That is what we need, right? We need peace. We need to overcome our mental and emotional challenges and hurdles. We'll never be perfect. And that's kind of the point where we're never going to overcome all the mental and emotional challenges that we have. We're never going to find total peace, but we can have more peace in our lives. And when we have a mind of chaos, um, constant comparison, whether we're judging other people to be inferior to us or we're judging ourselves to be inferior to others, both find roots in insecurity and both are going to be driving that ego within us. In other words, really the, the center of all suffering, the ego, or let's call it the brain that compares itself to others that um, believes we need to prove ourselves, that is worried about what others think, right? This is the ego. And so if we can get out of a state of chaos in our mind, of this constant comparison and this, um, you know, worrying about what others think and all of those types of things, if we can decrease that, then we are less prone towards addiction. In other words, if we can find more self-worth, right, if we can feel more peace and more self-worth, then we are less prone toward addiction. And that's really how comparison is driving addiction, right? And again, in today's day and age, we are not just comparing ourselves to those in our immediate circle anymore. We are comparing ourselves to literally everyone in the world and then to fantasies like those we see in movies and in TV and in video games. We are comparing ourselves. <clears throat> and in some ways, we can't help but do this. I shouldn't say in some ways. Really, we can't help it. We can help our reaction and build new habits through saying, through observing our mind and saying, okay, Right now, I'm playing the comparison game. That's not my true worth. I don't need to compare to others. They live their lives. I live mine, right? And we all have different weaknesses and strengths. We're all worthy in those weaknesses and strengths. We're all going to be on varying levels. We cannot compare to one another, right? So doing that can help. But I really want to, um, again, just to emphasize this, that, that we can see past the addiction cravings and into where are these cravings coming from, recognizing how we compare ourselves to others, recognizing the shame and believing that we're not good enough, and how these things are then building up to the eventual addiction cravings. Okay, and so some obvious ways would be to decrease our use of TV, video games, and social media. Okay, for me in my life, I at least at this point, I spend very little time on social media. Um, that's varied during my life, depending on the situation. But and maybe if you use it for work, that's not possible to be off of it. But um, if you can spend less and less time on social media, and I'm not talking about checking up on family here or there, seeing what's going on in your niece or nephew's life, as far as like them growing up as a little baby and you're seeing, you know, 
kind of their milestones and it's really awesome or checking on your brother or sister or a friend to see what's going on. I'm talking social media scrolling. I'm talking looking at all the popular videos and just wasting all these hours. It, it trains your mind both to compare and to believe your life should be like all these exciting things and then also gets you used to instant gratification, which is a whole nother thing. But the more we're used to instant gratification, the more prone we are to addiction. Okay, so uh, again, how do we replace? How do we replace this shame, this comparison, and get more simplicity and presence in our lives? Um, so I want to I want to talk about that now because we can talk about this all day. But as far as ways we can actually really improve, I think that's important. It's important to talk about the causes of addiction, but it's really important also to talk about how we can overcome, hopefully in some practical ways, um, but then also teaching you some ways to think differently, which we've already been doing, so that you can begin to change your mental state. Um, So let's talk about that, right? For me in my life, um, especially with having a kid, uh, I have been going through uh, just a, a major life change, Right. And it's and it's brought me to this place where I've realized I need to let go of a lot of things that I've thought were so important about other people's perception of me, about everything I thought I needed to be and what I thought I needed to do. And to say, you know what? The most important thing in my life is this moment with whoever I'm with in my immediate circle, the most important thing is my family. And that is what I need to put at the center of my life. And with family, also putting God at the center of my life, that's irreplaceable. But I've always tried, I've tried to do that for years um, in being connected with God. But really this, this this understanding of putting family first and simplifying life. Because when I had a kid, I, I it was surprising for me, but I, I went through some very severe um, mental and emotional difficulties. And at a time when I think a lot of people say, and you can relate this to whatever you're going through in life, um, but a lot of people say when you have a kid, you know, it's joyous, it's happy, it's meaningful, and it has been all of those things. But for the first few weeks, especially, I struggled. I struggled a lot. And I think the way I'm saying you can relate this to anything is, is any major shift or change you go through in your life, any major struggle, when, when you're suffering mentally and, mentally and emotionally, I think one of the things that life is teaching you or God is teaching you is, hey, you've got to let go of some of these things of your ego that you thought were so important. And you need to simplify and you need to focus on what's actually truly important. This moment right now, not the future, not the past. And this person right now, that's your wife, that's your girlfriend, that's your brother, it's your sister, it's your child. It's your mom, it's your dad, it's your grandma, right? 
it's your your cousin, whoever it happens to be, a friend, right? A person you cross on the street that is having a hard day and you and you say hi and smile at them, right? This is the constant battle in life for this awareness. And I don't simplify this at all. Um, it takes a constant reminder, be here, be present, be aware of this moment, live in this moment. And when we struggle with addiction, it's so hard for us to do this. And I found myself experiencing a lot of addiction cravings, just like, man, I've been sober eight years. How is it that I am having such a difficult time? And there were a lot of other things going on in my life at the same time. But again, relate this back to you, you know, simplifying, removing the expectations you don't need, forgetting about the things that you're not, you're not meant to do, or, well, or even saying, you know what, life can be simple, life can be beautiful, I can enjoy this moment just in its simplicity. Again, for me, um, I was praying to God, and I was fasting, as that's part of my faith, and I, and I, man, I testify of the power of fasting when you focus on something that you need help with, something you want to get better, fasting about it, praying about it, focusing on it. And I just said, God, I need to feel differently about this. I have a kid who's counting on me, a human being who's now in my life who's counting on me, which is just an insane experience. And I have a wife who is depending on me. And I, I cannot afford to be in this depressed state I cannot afford to feel these addiction cravings. I know that this is me. I know this is my deal, but please give me the answers. I was just begging, give me the answers. Please help me. And um, really the, and why I'm talking about this today, simplicity and presence is what came to me was you've got to let go and you've got to be here. And you have to enjoy this moment, whatever it, whatever it entails. If that's you getting up at 4.30 a.m. because your son is up, then you enjoy feeding him a bottle, right? I'm not saying I'm perfect at that. Um, again, that's kind of the point. It's like letting go and saying, hey, I feel some frustration right now, and that's all right, right? I'm going to be present with that feeling and accept that feeling right? But it's the simple things like giving my son a bath and just like just being there in that moment, enjoying that moment between him and I, that he is, he's feeling cared for, he's feeling comforted and calm, right? It's about sitting down and listening to my wife when she's having a hard day and not thinking about all the other things that I think I need to accomplish or do or take care of, it's putting all of that aside and it's saying, I'm here right now. And whatever this person needs, whatever my wife needs, I'm here for. And that doesn't mean I need to say something big or grand to help that person. That doesn't mean the pressure's on me to take care of whatever they're going through. It's to say, I'm here in this moment. It's simplifying that. It's finding peace in that moment. And if we can do this, again, this is based on Buddhist principles. It's also based on Christian principles. Christ did this. Um, we, 
if we can do this, then we can find sobriety, if we can properly do this in our lives. And part of it is accepting that life is like messy. Life is strange and weird and it has changes and it has all of this stuff and just accepting it with all the crap that comes and saying, hey, you know what? I am, I'm, I'm a, I'm human. All right. And I'm, and I'm just taking this on as it, as it comes. And I'm going to try to be here for this person to do something good. I'm just going to try to be here for this person and do something good. Um, and that doesn't have to be grand. Again, it doesn't have to be grand. So I think, I think with that, some things I want to talk about in particular are stopping and listening, right? This can help so much with letting go of that comparison and that shame and all of these things and saying, I'm going to stop and listen in this moment. I'm just going to be still, right? Just be still. That can be so hard. I know it's so hard for me, so hard, excuse me, to let go and be in the moment. But we have to do it. We've got to put down our phone. We've got to put down our uh, whatever device we have. We have to put down our tasks and our goals and all those things and, and say, I'm just going to stop and I'm just going to be still. Right? So take time to be still and listen. Listen to a friend in need or listen to the, to the peace inside your soul. And if you don't feel peace, all right, listen to that. What's going on inside of you? Again, it's way easier said than done, but this can help us. Another one is get outdoors. You know, I, I can't tell you how much of a struggle I have had doing this in my life. I, I've spent so much of my life indoors. Uh, as a kid and as a teen, I played a lot of video games and uh, watched a ton of TV, which was a big portion of my problem um, and what led me to porn addiction and other addictions. I was already addicted to TV and video games. I wasn't spending time outdoors. I wasn't doing a lot of things that brought meaning and purpose to my life. Um, so one of those things that it's so interesting and I don't understand it fully, but getting outside can bring meaning and purpose to our soul. When we get outside, we look out at the mountains or we look at the blades of grass, you know, we take time to smell a flower. We feel peace out outside, especially if we get out really in nature, which I don't do enough. I don't know about you. But get out in nature, you know, drive out somewhere, be in the mountains, be wherever it is that's away from all the cars and the noise and all of it and just be still. Or even if you have like uh, a, some, a little pasture nearby where there are horses or you can just stop and just listen to the birds chirping, feel that peace, be connected to the earth and you know, it's it sounds hippie, but you know what? I'm a hippie at heart. I think really in reality we all are. We just forget that hippiness of loving the outdoors and loving nature. It's it's who we are. It's 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 not just a part of what we are, it is what we are. You know, we come from the earth, we go back to the earth. And being out in nature and outdoors can bring us closer to God, 
brings us uh, more connection to other people. There's just something about that, you know, and we could talk about a lot of reasons why that is, but um, needless to say, I think we've all known it uh, since the beginning of time. You got to get out outdoors. And then um, just with all of this, you know, not sweating the small stuff. This is for me, who, as someone who's struggled with OCD and perfectionism, this is a, this is one that's, that's big for me that I've been trying to remind myself of lately, especially with such a big shift in my life. And again, relate this back to you. What are you going through? Um, don't sweat the small stuff and it is all small stuff. Uh, I don't remember who the, I don't know who the first one was to say that quote, but I try to remind myself of that on a daily basis don't sweat the small stuff, and it's all small stuff. At the end of the day, we are walking an eternal path. We are um, spiritual beings having a physical experience, right? And so it's it can be hard to remember, but it's all small stuff, all right? And that doesn't mean, man, I mean, the death of a loved one or... Um, you know, something happens at work, we lose our job, you know, that doesn't feel small at all, by any means. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that. Um, I am saying, trying to remind ourselves of this on a daily basis, don't sweat the small stuff, it's okay. There's a lot of details that won't get fleshed out. There's a lot of things I won't accomplish on a daily basis that I had hoped to. And we set good intentions. And sometimes we fall short. In fact, most of the time we fall short, I think, you know, and not feeling, uh, praying victim to that or not feeling uh, bad about that, but just saying, okay, you know, here's what I did get to do today and feeling gratitude for that. And, and here is, um, may, maybe we didn't do a good job focusing on the most important things in life. Like, again, like our relationships, like the, the people in our immediate circle, like um, connecting with God on a daily basis, you know, being in this moment. Uh, maybe we didn't do a good job and just saying, you know what, I didn't do a good job at that today, and that's all right, and saying a prayer and saying, God, I want to do better at that. You know, just don't, just let try to let go of that small stuff, and over time, your brain will build a, a habit more and more of just letting it go. Um, again, easier said than done, but hopefully that's helpful. And another thing is uh, that I want to express is just praying and meditating every day. Okay, these that's a primary answer um, to feeling more peace in life. But praying and meditating every day, I I can't tell you. I mean, having been sober eight years, I haven't gone a single day. Uh, I think I haven't gone a single day within that time without prayer and meditation of some form. We need it. We have to have it. Um, partaking of scripture, right? I'm Christian, uh, love, love the words of Christ and other Christian teachings. Um, I love to also read of works of uh, Buddhism and Hinduism and Taoism um, I've, I've delved into some of that. Um, again, I find my roots in Christianity and love the words of Christ, but just partaking of those words on a daily, I try to start my day 
um, with these things, with prayer, with meditation, with reading of spiritual words. This, you, you have to get this in your, in your daily life. And some people are going to disagree with that. I know I've um, had interaction to some extent, really just online with people who've said, you know, I don't, I got sober and I don't have a connection with God or I don't, you know, pray or do this other stuff. And I've never known anyone in my immediate circle um, who's had long-term sobriety without doing those things on a daily, but I can accept that. I know everyone lives sobriety differently, but for me, it, it has to be uh, every day I've got to connect with God. Um, that's going to help me in my relationships with other people. It's going to help me feel more meaning and peace. It's going to help me um, in so many ways in life with, with everything. Um, and just really getting that help from God sincerely. And for me, you know, meditations I love doing. I have some meditations in my 20-week program you can check out. If you go to my site, becomeagoodman.com, uh, you can check out the program there. Uh, I have 60 meditations that are part of that program, and really they're just helping you to focus on good things, uh, things that bring peace to life, and asking God to bring them into your life. Um, and just breathing and breathing in that good, breathing it out to others, focusing on it. Um, and the more we focus on the good, the light, the peace, the more we're going to push out the darkness and the chaos, those things that drive addiction. Because addiction is aligned with that darkness and that chaos. And the more we align with the peace and the light, uh, the more we are just not going to be attracted to addiction. Uh, it's going to disappear more and more. Um, and again, when those days come up that you do feel the cravings, don't think you're a bad person for that. Just know, hey, this is stuff from the past. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means I'm still learning and trying to experience more peace and presence in my life um, and to build new habits. So that's pretty much everything. You know, again, I encourage you if uh, if you're looking to overcome addiction, you know, get less social media scrolling in your life, less watching TV and playing video games. Uh, for me, I had to essentially stop playing video games altogether. That was 12 years ago um, when I pretty much decided to do that. I haven't played them much. I'll play them here or there just for fun for 20 minutes or so with a, a family member or whatever, but I had to, I had to stop that because I saw how prone it made me towards pornography addiction in particular, and then towards other addictions. Um, it's highly stimulating for the brain, video games, especially, and they, they condition you to, to pleasure. So you want and crave more pleasure and then TV does the same thing, I think, to a lesser extent in some cases. Uh, and so just getting less of that, you know, maybe setting some kind of a rule for yourself each week of how much you're going to watch. And that totally depends on you and what's appropriate. Um, yeah, these, these are things that can, that can help a lot. But just making small incremental changes. You know, if you watch TV every single day, um, try to go to six days a week. If you watch TV typically for two hours a day, try to go to an hour and a half a day. And then eventually getting down to a healthy place that you feel like is pretty balanced, you're going to feel different. Uh, 
you're going to feel so much more peace and you're going to feel less, uh, less vulnerable to addiction. So in saying all of these things and talking about all of this with um, how to let go of shame and addiction, stop comparing yourself to others, living with more simplicity and presence. Again, I'm, uh, I don't want any of this to seem like, you know, even being sober eight years, I still struggle with um, some OCD, some anxiety and depression. I still go through those things. Uh, the point is that my life is better. The point is that, yeah, I, I do have uh, sobriety, which is wonderful. Um, but also accepting that I'm still going to go through struggles. And I think, I think as a, as a side note, when we're not willing to accept that, when we're not willing to accept these weaknesses, or maybe if we're someone who struggles with anxiety or depression, that often then turns to anger. Um, and it and it turns to really destroying relationships around us, and it turns to addiction. And if we can accept these things instead, and then from there just try to improve little by little during our lives, but always knowing, hey, there's going to be a lot of things that I think I should be or things that I want to accomplish that I just ne either never will be or I'll only be a portion of. And that's all right. I just need to focus on the most important things in my life, God, family. Um, I need to focus on, you know, the most important moment, which is this one right here, and just seek to do something good. Seek to do something good in your life. So if you want more help with addiction, um, follow this podcast, rate this podcast too. I would love that. If things that I'm teaching you are helping you, rate it. That'd be awesome. Um, I have an uh, eight-page guidebook on my website. If you go to becomeagoodman.com, you'll see it um, almost at the top of the site. You'll see a simple eight-page guidebook. Just go ahead and put your email in. I'll shoot it to your inbox. And then um, you can head to my blog to check out other episodes or um, other articles to help with addiction. And uh, yeah, so I just wish you all the best in your journey uh, of sobriety. I hope that things get better and better. Um, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to shoot me an email, you'll find an, an email address on my site uh, or just uh, go to my contact page. I want to hear maybe your questions or if things that I'm telling you are helping. Man, I can't tell you how much it means to me to hear from someone man, this one thing you said really helped me, or, you know, I'm going through this and this with addiction, and this thing that you taught is helping. I love hearing that stuff. So feel free to reach out. Much love to you, and God bless. Everything expressed on the No More Desire podcast are the opinions of the host and participants, and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of a qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.